Oh my god, I only have 22 hours of disk space. <gasps> I need to clean my C drive. Mmm, <laughs> talking about drives though. Guess what showed up at my house today? You're gonna, you're gonna make me jelly. Yeah, my new computer is here. set up yet or is it just sitting in the box um i've so it was already pre-built okay right because uh this is yeah um from because my new sponsor that i haven't announced yet so this is sort of a hashtag ad but i'm not gonna name their name yet because i haven't announced <laughs> it yet that's true but i did get the pc from them so you know there's that um and yeah they they built pcs so it's all assembled so it's out of the box and I've I've done the satisfying thing of peeling off all of the, you know, the the film and that sort of stuff. But I haven't set it up yet because, yeah, streaming and then dinner and now recording. So it's, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow because I also bought new monitors to go with it. Because, yeah, this 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 graphics card is so much more powerful. So I can do like, I didn't go 4K. I got 1440p monitors. So I need to set those up. And to set those up, I bought a new monitor arm because I'm. I decided to put my fourth monitor on the monitor arm thing as well. So, yeah, I, I spent a lot of money this week. <laughs> well, now that you've made me super jealous, I'm just gonna start this podcast. This is episode 56 of the Halcyon Frequency podcast, airing live February 12th, 2023. I'm blind, and I'm hosting. And I'm joined by FG Squared. Hello. What's yes. Up? Good things. I'm tired, but new, new PC. That's always a good day when you have a new PC in the house. Let's see. The last time I had an entirely new PC in a house at one time that was not like some Frankenstein's monster of pre-purchased parts from other places or hand-me-downs or something I bought used was 2012. Yeah. This computer is a Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> Mine too. The one that I have that I'm carrying right now, my gaming PC, that one is the machine that I assembled together in like 2014. But then with bits and pieces ripped out and replaced and then more hard drives and more hard drives and more SSDs shoved into the case. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I've got 14 terabytes of space in this computer. Nice. Because I just, whenever I buy a new computer, I just put all the old hard drives into the new one. Because, like, why mm. would I do anything? So I have no free SATA ports on this <laughs> computer. Um, what's even funnier is, like, so I, I, was, I was thinking about, like, burning some CDs or something stupid. And I was like, well, like, I could plug. And then I looked at my motherboard. I was like, nope, can't plug a CD drive in. <laughs> even though I have <laughs> two of them. One of them's just in a drawer. Like, I could theoretically just install a... A, 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 a blu-ray burner into this computer but i don't have any free sata ports and i was like looking at all these hard drives and they're just full of old data like i've got four installs of or different installs of like windows.old files on this computer and i'm like <laughs> i should probably like format everything but then i'm like nah why would i do that that seems smart so um, mm, you know i need to I do that probably wait until windows 12 comes out and then just maybe at that point just have five windows files yeah, yeah, maybe. No, I, I, uh, I actually need to like say bye bye to one of my SSDs because it's actually like dead. Like it, 
Sometimes it shows up, but then I can't write any data on it. And then oh, no. other times it just doesn't show up at all. So it's fine. It's just, you know, like um, one of my various uh, game installs go here SSDs. So it's fine. Like it doesn't, it's not like a big problem that it's dead. There wasn't any in, anything important on it, right? Mm hmm. It's just um, annoying because it makes Steam crash when it tries to write to a hard drive that you can't write to. <laughs> getting close to 10 years ago now, a, a friend of mine that I used to know um, worked at a computer shop and he got me two Western Digital black drives, the eight terabyte ones, very long time ago when these were like almost a thousand dollar hard drives for almost nothing. Um, so I bought them for like, I was like $130 each and they've just like lived in every computer I've ever had. And they're just like my local backups for everything. Everything. I don't spin them up for anything. I don't do any editing or anything on them. They just sit there and they're always powered, powered down to off. So whenever I do need to go into one of them, it's just like I can hear it spinning up in my computer. But those <laughs> things are beasts. Like they're yeah. such nice hard drives. Like yeah, I, I think... I've, been, I've been so tempted to just like build myself a local server for forever, but I just know I don't have the time or the brain capacity to actually do it. Yeah, same. I have like, I think terabytes like just hdd space in my pc mm -hmm. for like that purpose but then i also have like um an eight gigabyte ex uh, eight gigabytes yeah no eight terabyte <laughs> external as well just to check video files on there and then technically i don't even need it because all of those video files technically live on google server as well right like because that's all the 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 youtube uploads mm -hmm. but you know i just have them for now <laughs> So I um slight shift in subject. I mentioned this to you before we started recording, but um I have a old 128 gigabyte iPod Classic. Um, not the one with like the rotating wheel, but the one that like still has the clicky buttons on the wheel. Mm, oh, those are so satisfying. Yeah, and it has like that. The it was like the first generation that had like the haptic feedback, so you'd like turn the wheel and you could feel like the little tick 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 tick, tick as you're going down the menu. Um. But ages ago, um, when I had that thing, there was a lot of kids who didn't like me. And one of them thought it would be hilarious to take a rare earth magnet and stick it to the back of it. And it never worked again. Um, it just fried the hard drive. But it still boots. It just can't read any data off the hard drive and the hard drive's dead. So it still works. Um, and it still holds charge. Um, and I've been looking into uh, customizing uh, or a custom firmware for these things. And there's this open source thing called open source jukebox software called Rockbox, which is for uh, Apple iPod classics all the way up to the nanos, the, the, the square ones, mm. not the rectangular ones, the square ones. And um, as well as a bunch of old like random MP3 players from like the mid 2000s. <laughs> and uh, you can buy SSDs for iPod classics or like just SSDs that fit that have the same ports as the old hard drives. So you just open the thing up, pop the hard drive out, pop in an SSD. So I might, that might be my next project is making my iPod classic work again and installing custom firmware on the thing. I mean, it's why not? Like, it sounds like a really random, but fun tech project just to get that working again. And then, and also like, I, I, I have a smartphone, but I, I hate smartphones and it would be really nice to just have a device that plays music that also like, doesn't land me on Reddit <laughs> minutes later. Hmm. No, I get that. Like, I, I actually don't really like listening to music, like, on my phone with headphones and whatnot. And, like, I don't know about your phone, but mine doesn't even come with a headphone jack anymore. So it's, like, mine you have to does. use, like, 
Bluetooth. But it's because I specifically purchase a a specific phone brand that comes with a headphone jack. And mm. I've, I've only been able to find one, and it's uh, the, the TCL T10 series, which is funny because, like, the TCL T11, which is their new phone, uh, doesn't have a headphone jack anymore. The T10 yeah. is the last one. Um, but I just got a new one, and I, I kind of just want to use this phone as little as humanly possible so that it lasts as long as possible because mm. it has a replaceable battery and a headphone jack. So it's like, it's like, it, 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 it's actually consumer friendly. <laughs> Weird, right? I, to be fair, the T11 has a replaceable battery still. Um, That's good. But it doesn't have the headphone jack. Um, you know, it's funny. Like, the removal of the headphone jack, like, the only logic that I can see behind it is you can make waterproof phones. And the headphone jack is not waterproof. And for some reason, people insist that they need to, like, wash their phones in the sink now. I, I don't know why. <laughs> um, mm. I, I, it just... Yeah, that's odd. Very odd. I still have electronics cleaner. I mean, also, how dirty do your phones get that you need to, like, put them under running water? As somebody who used to work in a restaurant, my phones used to get gnarly uh, working around oil all day. But now that I, like, ever since I left that job, yeah. Wait, were you allowed to have your phone on you while working? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Oh. They're fun at work. Oh, yeah, okay. I'd I'd get covered in oil and such, and, like, Mm. I'd be checking things on my phone occasionally i'd get emails from my boss um or i'd have to take photos of things and email them off like because of the job i did i did use it for work sometimes but 99 percent of the time i just had headphones and was fucking around with it Mm, yeah okay but i also worked in cleaning staff right so like the things that i was allowed to do was a little bit different because we were closed true true yeah that makes different that makes a difference it was always hooked to a bluetooth speaker and i was blasting my metal you know <laughs> no way I'm gonna listen to David Guetta all night. I'm gonna put on like some ghost or something. Or, fair like, enough, fair enough, yeah. Something else yeah. that's loud and angry. Though to be fair, like working in archaeology, your phone also does get like if you're not careful, it gets really filthy. But just you just dirt. Yeah, just put it in a Ziploc bag. Uh, that's usually best. And then clean yeah. your hands before you take it out. That's that usually works, and then you can like because you can get it out of a Ziploc bag relatively quickly if it like starts ringing, right? Yep. But like it doesn't get super duper dirty. But yeah, that definitely, definitely can happen. That's for sure. But yeah, I don't know how we got here from new computer, but uh, we just <laughs> talked about storage, and I'm just like, well, that's a segue into me and my Abs- custom firmware for iPod. <laughs> tangentially has to do with gaming right so (laughs) and storage yeah it's fine it's fine it's fine like as we have proven last time we did this just the two of us like we are great at tangents great at not being on topic for very long yeah we just meander through the topics it's fine meander through the topic (laughs) well how about we meander into video games Sounds good. All right, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the games FG's been playing this week because I've just been playing the same old stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. I just said the episode number. It's still episode 56. Uh, FG! 
It's uh, another one of those next festy thingsies where all the demos come out. So uh, I don't know. Pick one. What 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 are we talking about today? Yeah yeah yeah. So so Steam Next Fest, just like as a like an FYI, if you don't know what that is, it's like uh, a thing that Steam came up for uh, came up with as a replacement for like all the conventions that used to happen. You know, this was obviously during pandemic, like during during the height of the pandemic, because technically the pandemic isn't over yet, right? Um, <laughs> when like no conventions were happening and that sort of stuff. So um, it's a way for like small indie devs just to showcase their um upcoming game or like their game that's maybe even already out or just came out to like a lot of uh, to a white audience and hopefully find some new people that like wishes the game or like buy the game later on generate some coverage and that sort of stuff and um even though conventions are like back on now they they've kept up with it and it's generally it's been really fun and good this next fest for some reason felt a little bit cursed i don't know if it's just i just got really unlucky with the games that i picked but holy moly so many were like really early and just so lacking in like any sort of accessibility settings so can can i like speak freely about my take on the next fest yeah sure absolutely so you know how the games industry has had like conventions for a very long time, right? And mm. when conventions hit, uh, there's always these t- this talk of crunch in the industry. You-, you always hear about developers cramming to have a vertical slice ready to put it on the floor or to show to press, right? Like it's practically the tale as old as time in video games. Yeah, true. And now that we have Steam. And because Steam is so heavily powered by algorithms and largely games that um, do well uh, are surfaced because of high numbers of wish lists, it's up to developers to treat Steam like a social media platform. Like, you know, we, we know what it's like to try and SEO our content and like get people to watch our YouTube videos so that we show up higher in search rankings and what we need to do to get YouTube to recommend our videos and even Twitch to recommend our channels now on the front page recommended stuff like there's like thing even things like hype trains in our chat like will theoretically bring more viewers in because they put mm. you in that special bar on the front page so like all of these things like factor into whether or not you're going to be successful or not and because steam is so heavily powered by algorithm or by the algorithm that they that they're using to surface certain games whether or not you surface in the popular new releases whether or not you surface in the popular and upcoming which basically is like make or break whether or not you're going to succeed and your game is going to sell or you're just going to fly under the radar and no one's going to see it um you as an indie developer you can't just shadow drop a game like as an example what uh tango gameworks just did with hi-fi rush where they just Mm. released that game without really any announcement like as an indie dev you can't do that you have to treat your game sales platforms like social media you have to treat it like something that you're trying to seo this is factoring into that so in order for your game to sell now you have to have a presence in the next fest you have to have a demo available. You have to prep a demo and have a demo ready to be played and showed to as many people to get those wish lists, to get those follows, to push your game up in the algorithm. So what's happening now with the frequency of these is developers are feeling the need to not only have a demo, but have a new demo and have a new demo that shows new stuff, make a prologue, push it out as much as possible, get it played so that you can get those coveted wish lists. And what I think is starting to happen, and I don't 
think this has really been talked about too much, but I have seen some developers complaining about it on like game dev Twitter and some subreddits that if you don't have those demos, you're falling behind. And I think what's starting to happen is people are starting to feel pressured to take part in these and people are forcing out stuff that maybe either isn't ready to be shown yet or alternatively is undercooked or just rushed. 100%. No, absolutely. I agree. Like, um, though, I, I mean, I, I arguably, I'm not a de game dev, so I haven't looked into it that much. But as far as I'm aware, correct me if I'm wrong, um, if you are participating and you, like, enter a demo to be, like, featured, I'm pretty sure you can't do it, like, consecutively back to back in the Steam Next Fest. So you can't do it in, like, the February one and then, like, the, the June Certainly. one and that but sort you know of what stuff. I'm seeing? Is I'm seeing all of these prologues pop up right now for games that aren't taking part. That too, yeah. Because yeah. people are looking, right? So there was a bunch of prologues that popped up on the first day, which were in the last Next Fest demo, like yep. series of Next Fest demos. And they're like pushing, like separate game being released with a separate store page on Steam with their Next Fest demo from the past one or a slightly updated Next Fest demo. Um, mm. And so, regardless, like you have to take part. Right. So if this is your opportunity, OK, you're going to like, you know, like, obviously, there's some examples like Dark and Darker, which is, from what I can tell, a uh, not a team with more money necessarily, but um, a team that's capable of pushing out a multiplayer demo. Obviously, mm. you know, there's stuff like Void Train, which has money behind it and things like Plan B, which have money behind it and things like Darkest Dungeon, which obviously have money behind it. But like if you scroll down a little further, there's a lot of like smaller games here that are like single to maybe two person studios that are putting out demos for this that who knows how much time they had to prep oh and yeah no absolutely though the like the thing is just like i know i know what you say is totally true like the whole you know where if you don't rank in the you know in the list you it's it's you're basically invisible and you don't like to you have to externally drive it's like it's like with streaming you have to drive external traffic Otherwise, there's no discovery and no growth. The problem is just these people that crank out these demos, um, and there's been a whole bunch of them, they just do themselves such a disservice. Totally. And I, but here's the thing. You're better off taking part and doing yourself a disservice than not taking part at all. I don't know. Is it, is it good when people like play your demo, had your game on their wishes already, and then go and actively unwishlist your game because I've done that this next fest. Because some of them Here's were the just thing, though, so we are rough. not normal people. True, true, we but are not like your average user base. True, but um, some of my viewers have done the same. True. So you get you generate negative press, which isn't great. Assuming you generate press, I think that there's also yeah. a lot of games out there that like are getting no coverage. To be and fair, they though, I did force out an underbaked demo and continue to get no coverage. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I call and I, I counted uh, streaming or streaming coverage as press there, just FY, in, in, in case that wasn't clear. Um. So yeah, there, there was some stuff that wasn't that, that good. Um. I have had some really good interactions with devs though, and what, what was really neat. And I know this is also really stressful for the devs again, of course. But especially for like really smaller games, I had a whole bunch of them just come in and 
be like hey thanks so much for checking out my demo any feedback blah 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 and then just like taking notes and all that sort of stuff yeah that's that's another thing some of them are just straight up using it as qa yeah that too i mean i mean so, like, but that's some, okay some of the demos are broken because they're just using it as qa yeah i mean that's okay though i'd rather i'd rather like um I mean, it's not like it's like super like difficult. It's not like I go to find like bugs or anything like that. I'm just like you know, like a button to turn screen check off would be good. Like that's okay, right? It's it's never gonna be comprehensive mm -hmm. QA. Um, and and I mean, you know, I I found some gems that I hadn't heard of at all, which is great. But um, it's definitely getting to the point where it's just so swamped, and there's so many like. I did three days and I could have done like, I could have done demos every single day this week because mm -hmm. there's just so many. Um, and, but so many, unfortunately, also not good. So I think next time what I'll do is I'll play them before the stream and then show them on stream because it's just, there were just so many where I was like, I started it up, had it running for two minutes and then turn it off because I couldn't play it. <laughs> yep. yep. But, um, four. I have four highlights, and and I I there were maybe five, maybe five 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 highlights. Okay, because I I just remembered one that Bell recommended today. Um, so so because Bell isn't here today because he is streaming, I will mention this one as well because he also really liked that one. But there were five that really stood out, and I'm just gonna go down the list the, the way I have it. The first is Galaxy Pass Station. So I've seen some buzz about this one on Twitter. Yeah. And Mastodon like, actually. Yeah, so it's it's a really clever blend of genres. Um the demo definitely suffers from some very entertaining English, because <laughs> the devs are definitely not native speakers, but it's fine, it's playable. And um it stands out because it's a game that combines Space station management, so you have to keep the people on the space station happy. And why are the people on, on the space station? Because humanity um, finally can explore the universe because the aliens dropped the barrier that was keeping the humans like, contained in the solar, uh, solar system, so they can finally go, but the Galactic Empire is like, we can't let you go without your correct papers. So you have to go and check the people's you know their, their documents their papers like in papers please so they can then go and travel into the wider universe but because the checking tail takes a while and they spent several days on your station you have to make sure that the people that are waiting there are kept happy there's also so a bit a of space station hotel management game plus border management game yeah basically um okay. there is also a bit of a story going on because you're also kind of because the aliens are kind of like, ah, these humans, they're a bit sus. We don't know if we trust them. So uh, you're kind of humanity's, like, saver from the shadows because you have to make sure that the aliens, like, that, that you handle situations well so the aliens start, like, liking and trusting you and that sort of stuff. Like, that didn't come across all that well in the demo. Because there wasn't that much content regarding that in the demo. Also, that part really kind of suffered from English, uh, English, right? But like, just the general gameplay loop was like really fun because you just be like, okay, because um, you have like humans from Mars and Earth, and then robots from Mars, Earth, 
and uh, the moon. And then you start, and they all have different ways that you need to check, right? Like humans have two, have one or two eyes, not three. Martians have two or three eyes, not one, and all that sort of stuff. And then Martians need like this extra document. And then robots come with a USB drive that you need to plug in. And you need to scan their weight and that sort of stuff. And then you start also getting alien visitors, which also have different like requirements that you need to check and that sort of stuff. So it gets. I think once, like, it's actually in the final game, it, like, gets really, like, there's a lot to check. You can automate the checking, like, you can get bureaucratic robots that do that for you. But, I mean, you know, half the fun is the borders, uh, the papers, please, like, stuff, so you're always going to do that a little bit. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. It's, like, it's really, um... Uh, like like gameplay like combining genres that i haven't seen before and that's why that one stuck out in particular and you can play the demo for like super duper long you can't save but you can play basically indefinitely if you want just it pause. to <laughs> just like leave yeah back. exactly yeah it's 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 interesting it's gonna be it's gonna be like interesting to see when that comes out and that comes out like later this year already i think actually next month or the month after that so that's that's pretty late in its life, so to speak. Like, it's, you know, life cycle. It's coming, in, in terms of a demo, yeah, it's coming out in April 2023. So this is pretty polished for a, for a demo and that sort of stuff. Because basically the, what the demo is, is basically uh, the full game, <laughs> sort of. It's a build of the full game that you just can't save. <laughs> I yeah. mean... That's that's the way to do demos. Uh, yep. One of my favorite example of a demo actually is the Songs of Six demo, which is just always available. It's four versions behind the mm. main game, but it's the full game. That's really because cool. It's an early yeah. access game, so it's like it's four major patches behind, which mm. is roughly a year because he patches quarterly. So it's like you could just play the older version of the same game for free, and if you want the uh, better features that he's added since, you just go buy the game. <laughs> that's cool. That's really cool. I know someone who's put like 300 hours into the demo. <laughs> I mean, if you can't afford it, that's really yeah. cool, right? You get to play it. Well. It's kind but of yeah. funny because the, that person stated once that it's like playing a game from the Swedish public library because you usually get an older build anyway. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, Galaxy Pass Station, I guess, uh, demo now available. Out of curiosity, do you know where the, where the team is from? Or I, I actually think they're Russian. I'm not 100% okay. sure, but I think they're Russian. All right. Well, mm. I mean, no judgment there, but if they're making a new game. Yeah, I mean, they have to, yeah, have to, I don't know. I couldn't, like, I couldn't find anything, like, social media presence-wise, so take it with a grain of salt. Check before you buy, buy stuff. You know, if you want to look into that, it's probably fair to mention. Right. I found their website. I'm looking because I'm curious. Ah, okay, cool. Arch can edit this out if he wants. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. They do have a website, don't they? Generally, if they have a VK presence, that's, that's usually a giveaway. But it's also not loading for me, so... <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, same. Very odd. Maybe they DDoSed themselves. 
I was just going to say, maybe it crashed. Yeah, yeah. Maybe some big YouTuber covered it, and now they're just, like, gone. But, anyway, uh, Galaxy Pass Station. Check out the demo. Uh, so, anything else you want to speak about? Positive or negative? Oh, I'm just, go I'm just going. I'm I can go. go. Yeah, no problem. I can. I'm going. All right. Um, next up, Mars First Logistics. Um, it's personally, I think we should worry about Earth first, but you know, <laughs> no, apparently Mars. First. Well, I think it's Mars first, not in terms of like Mars first logistics. It's more like Mars first logistics. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you yeah, know, yeah. like in that case, <laughs> I'm taking a glance at this one and going, "All oh, right, this is the one that looks like the game that had Japanese breakfast on the soundtrack, which I can never remember the name of until I look it up." Is that Scrap which Mechanic? had like the really stuttery oh. anime? I like how it's that that game is just the game that I remember as the game with Japanese breakfast on the soundtrack. Okay, and uh, no, maybe a different game then. Um, so basically, what it is? What, what was the name that you said? Uh, is it Scrap Mechanic or is it a different no, one? No, not Scrap Mechanic. I'll go is it? That. Because uh, cause chat was talking about it. Is it RoboCo? Nope. Okay. Not RoboCo. No, it's mm. purely because of the graphics design. Mm. Uh... Yeah, it's like this... Um... Flat Eye also has the same look to it. Yeah. I, I can't find it. What is it called? What is this called? This this art style? I don't it's, actually it, know. It's the one where you wander around on a planet and then you build a... A, a hovercraft and then you wander around on the planet more and mm. it had the really stuttery character animations which look weird i have no idea i keep i always think it's published by raw fury and then i look it up and it never is <laughs> <laughs> hold on I'll, I'll i'll do a google search i'm doing good at this this is a great podcast <laughs> it's fine it's fine it's just the two of us yeah, and yeah. we're <laughs> weird you know it's fine sable Oh, yeah. I always think of it as the game that's named after the crappy car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It does look like that. Yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what this art style is called. But yeah, so um, it's not their first game. It's, uh, it's made by this small studio called uh, Shape Shop, um, which on their website, it says it's run by like one person. So I wonder if they just hire people. I don't actually know. Um, but it's like this really cool thing. So it's an open world physics simulation game. And your task, you play as a little rover. A rover? What? Rover. And your job is to carry payloads from one spot on the map to another. And uh, what you do is you can modify your little rover almost kind of in a lego technic kind of way like you can put on like new joints and then there's like um like little knobs that turn and then you've got claws where you can like use pistons to like either move them move the claws closer together or further apart to grip stuff and you can twist it and you've got lifters and all that sort of stuff and um it's got like floaty physics of course because you're on mars and uh, you can just build really cool things. And um, you basically get like a reward, like monetary reward in game to buy more parts in game for your contraptions. And I can't wait to see what people come up with. And uh, the really cool thing is it's um, playable solo or in co-op, which is cool. So, you can... so you're both driving your own little rover or you're I controlling think... the same rover? I think you're driving uh, your own and you make like 
I don't know, like you, you do contracts. I don't know if you can do contracts together. I, I don't know because co-op is not in the demo, unfortunately. Gotcha. Okay. But you can do some, like if you look on the um, Steam uh, store page, there's some, some uh, contraptions that people have made and you can see them. It's pretty cool. Like um, I had to like drag um, a telescope mirror <laughs> up like this really steep cliff and uh instead of like properly building something and lifting it i just kind of dragged it through the dirt and all that sort of stuff like it was just really funny and like the the wonky physics they were not like super wonky but they were a little bit float they were just floaty enough that it led to like really hilarious situations on stream sometimes right and yeah it was really good um comes out sometime this year and it's just really fun. It's just really fun. And it's like it does... not I was just gonna say it it's 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 open world, but it's not like quite that sandboxy because you have your um tasks to do, right? So which which is good because I need I personally need that that sort of guidance to be like, okay, no next mission is like is this, do that and it's not like it's not just like Oh yeah, you can build this vehicle now. You have access to these parts. Have fun. Like I need, I need a little bit of like a goal to aim, like something to aim for. And yeah. I really enjoyed the demo. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess also part of the reason I don't end up covering many demos during the next fest because like I'm just kind of going through the page right now, and it's just like there's really nothing in here that interests me. <laughs> Fair enough. I. What I do is, uh, what I did this time around, I picked some, I picked the different subcategories that interest me and just scrolled and looked all at any, all the way down. And I found some good stuff that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's full. There's a lot. There's a yep. lot. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. There is a ton of stuff. Mm. It's a ton of stuff that I look at and I go, man, okay, I'd like to play that when it's done. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's 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 just a it's just a tease, right? Yeah, and that's mostly all it is. Sometimes you sit there and you're like, oh my god, I can't wait for this game to come out. And I mean, at the same time, though, at least once you've played the demo, you kind of know the game's gonna be most likely pretty freaking good. And and I don't feel like bad about being hyped about a game coming out coming out because i've already you know played part of it and i know at least yeah. that part was awesome so i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna play that when it comes out and i feel super hyped about it it's like yeah unless they super biff it beyond the like first 40 minutes or whatever it should be at the very least fine right yeah yeah exactly exactly which is yeah. which is which is sometimes it's reassuring because yeah i mean we've all been burnt on games right yeah, I think the only, like, honestly, looking at this list, the only one that's really making me go, yeah, I want to play that is Xenonauts 2. Mm. But I also don't want to play a demo for Xenonauts 2. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Though I've heard good things about the demo. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard good things, which is all I need to know. It's like, okay, cool. Positive buzz. I'm happy. Sweet. Yep. Awesome. Can't yep. wait. Although, I, again, I don't know if I'll stream it, so maybe. Mm. Yeah, of course, of course. That might, be a, that, might, that might be a hard one to stream, but also it looks pretty, so... I mean, if you if you if you can murder chat, that's always a bonus. <laughs> True, yeah, killing chat, S selling chat members as soldiers is always a good idea, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, 
They will definitely all survive. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everybody's mm-hmm. gonna make it. Sorry. Bang! Someone gets sniped in the head. <laughs> Xenonauts yep. 2, for anybody unfamiliar, is uh, does have a demo available and is a uh, follow-up to Xenonauts, which was just, yo, guys, we made XCOM. Mm-hmm. But, like, before Firaxis made XCOM, and this one's been kind of in development hell for a bit, and was kickstarted and was supposed to be out in 2018. So, um... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been, been a while. It's, it's been a minute, but they've been picked up by Hooded Horse, which uh, a friend of ours, uh, you know, does some work for. So I've got pretty, I've got good faith in it. Hooded, Hooded Horse, you know, has they pick good stuff so far. Yeah, record of yep. shipping de- like decent to good games that have been in development hell for a while too. Yep. I mean, uh, they shipped Terra Invicta, which was muddled <laughs> around for a really long time. Like, yo, the long war guys are working on a video game has been a rumor since like. 2016 or something (laughs) true true yep so what's next on your demos list um what is next next is the magical mixture mill which i hadn't heard about at all Uh, yes is this a potions game it is a potions game okay Uh, i don't know how you would how you would yeah how how you know so i had not heard about this but then I was approached and was like, hey, do you want to do a sponsored thing for this? And I'm like, all right, yeah. So full disclosure, I was sponsored to play this, but oh my God, it was amazing. (laughs) Crap, this game is shiny. It is very shiny. It's super, super cartoony. So if you, let's say for example, like if you're not into like WoW's aesthetics, you're not going to like this. It's like graphics wise, because it is very shiny and whimsical and punny and funny and that sort of stuff so if that's not your gem actually uh, this is reminding me of like magicka and dungeon defenders yeah a little bit as well a little bit as well for sure but shiny yeah. in the way that like 2011 games are shiny it's not it's like the it's it's a bit like um it's not as shiny as it is in the trailer okay like when you play it but I'm it is really good the screenshots but yeah 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 so it's it's you play as this person as this is adventurer who just wakes up one morning and there's an old granny standing over you and saying oh i've been like taking care of you for weeks you're finally awake um you really need to kind of work off all the money that i've spent on you so uh i used to run this potion shop will you make potions for me now and then you're like okay so you your play as this person okay so new strategy on how to get free labor Beat somebody up in a dark alley, make yeah. sure that they forget what happened, nurse them back to health, and then claim it's been months. Exactly, exactly. Okay, yeah. Okay, just, just, just making sure of it. Yep. And so your job is you brew potions and you go out and harvest the resources. So you have a little sickle to harvest like mushrooms, and you've got an axe to chop down trees, and you can go mining and all that sort of stuff. So there's like exploration and, you know, that sort of stuff in there, crafting. And then. The potion making is actually factory automation. Oh no! So <laughs> yeah, so you have like inputs and like that's you know, what that screenshot is. <laughs> yeah, that's what that is exactly, exactly. So uh, yeah, you 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 um put like okay, you put ingredients into like a mixture, mi- like uh like I don't know what is it powder or whatever and then they go into the potion distiller and then you have to put in like bottles and you can make bottles and all that sort of stuff and it's it's a it's also a really clever combination of um genres okay because yeah because it's potion making but 
it's like factory automation and you go out to harvest the resources and it's just it it's it's like it's whimsical and wholesome and feel good and just it was just really fun to play How um dense is the factory building because like i whenever i see a factory making game it's like okay is this factorial is this uh machine industry or whatever that um uh, or mind industry that uh, the, mm. the more tower defensey focused, where it's like lighter on it, and it's you're more focused on making one specific thing. Is this more like satisfactory, where it's a little bit slower going initially, but then gets bonkers towards the end? Like, is this gonna make your drain your, your drain your brain drip out of your ear, or is this more like casual factory automation? It it it's not quite it's not factorial level. Because I, I do like simple factory. Like, I've, but, I've played some games that have some factory automation, and as long as it's, mm. like, two to four steps tops for each recipe, and I'm not going to be combining, like, 80 things to make a thing, I'm generally okay with factory building games, but there's a point where it's just like, ah, oh, this is just work. <laughs> it's not... That's when I don't like them. Yeah, it's not... It's not complex. It's not, like... Fa like, at least from what I've seen, it's not factorial complex. Okay. But... I, I played a game ages ago called Big Pharma, which was, like, four steps for the most complicated recipes mm. and it was just like organizing like you you get a set of orders for a thing and then you, you just like have to reorganize like things into a corner to just try and get more different machines in to build new things instead of like okay i need to rebuild this entire product production chain because this one item that i have from this other production chain just completely trivializes this production chain. i hate that like i just it makes me mad no it doesn't go quite like that it's more like you put in like one mushroom into the thing and then you get a potion out of it and then of course yes that's how it works in real life yeah yeah of course right and then no or rather you get a liquid out of it and then you can either like bottle that liquid or you can put that liquid in another liquid into a distiller to make a different potion it does get a little bit more complicated because you can like make bricks later on so to build out the cellar of the thingy and stuff gets like more complicated because there's also you can make ore and then you can like grind down sand to make more other stuff uh stone okay. to make other stuff so it it does get a bit more like it does get more complicated Okay. But it's not like Factorio where you have like complicated where you have to like, you know, where you need like copy paste and all that sort of stuff where it gets like super duper crazy. It's not like that. So skimming through the screenshots here, I'm seeing also um like kind of a overworld thing. Like what it, it, is there kind of like mm -hmm. a receteer element to this where you're going out and beating stuff yes. up to get ingredients? It, I'm not sure if there's beating up in it, but you do like go out smacking rock. Yeah, yes, there is, there's, you picking have to, mushroom. yeah, picking, well, you have a sickle, you have an axe, you have a pickaxe to go to harvest resources. Um, there are locations where you have to, like, there's, there's lots of different locations. Um, okay. I think there's, there's going to be, like, indoor mines and that sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, so there's, there's some, there's some harvesting, exploration, crafting, and then automation and management. Like, it's, it's a really cool combination. I completely, like, miss this and yeah it's just i'm so I mean, glad that with a name like magical mixtures mill i'm not surprised you missed it yeah i don't know like i don't know i'm I'm just glad that they reached out and we're like hey do you want to play this because i would have missed this otherwise and it's just mm -hmm. it was really good like i really enjoyed it gotcha Neat. yep well that seems cool yep what once again that is the magic or the magical mixture mill yeah it's uh i'm gonna go look at that demo available until the 13th so like the day after this podcast goes up yep yeah, yeah we have to until monday 10 a.m pacific i think it is yes right that's when it ends 
Okay, I only have two more. We're almost through, I promise. <laughs> I mean, we're doing okay on recording time, too. This is yeah, that's quick. true. That's true. Yeah. I guess with just two people, there's not too much um, oh, yeah. chatting about I mean, it, right? Also, I'm not talking about Dwarf Fortress for two hours a podcast anyway, so. I mean, we could still do that. No, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that after we finish talking about these demos. Um, so what's the next one? Uh, the next one is, okay, it's called Infection-Free Zone. Okay. It, it's, it's a zombie survival game. Really? I don't think anybody's made one of those. Yeah, no, they, um, they, haven't, they haven't been made, right? So, wow. but, like, it's not... idea. Yeah, it's not just a survivor, it's also a, a, um, a sort of space builder, city builder, real-time strategy, like, defense space, because you get... So, you have this group of survivors, and this is the really cool thing. What this game does is you can play, because the maps are generated, anywhere in the world. Because it uses r oh, actual IRL map data. It's, this, it's the studio that did 911 and 112 Operator. Yep, exactly. Oh, yep. Okay, those are neat games, actually. I played yes, they are. Operator and yep. quite liked it. Because it yep. also uses real maps. Yeah, so so you can play in your hometown. You can play, I don't know, Los Angeles or like I don't know where you want to go. Like you can go into the wilderness in Canada, where obviously there's not going to be that many zombies, but there's also not going to be many resources. Or you can play in the middle of Berlin. That's what I did um, because that was one of the locations in the in the in the demo, and uh, have lots of zombie hordes, obviously, but also lots of resources. And um, so you claim you you come out of hiding out of your bunker. Um, because apparently the infection is going back. You reclaim buildings, you have to set them up, you have to gather resources, farm, that sort of stuff, but you also have to defend yourself. So you have survivors and you have squads that actually fight. So that's where the real-time strategy comes in, real-time tactics, because you have your squads that you send out to scavenge, but they are also the ones that like defend you at night when the, when the um, hordes attack and then you have to come back you can have watchtowers you can have like it gets base defense because you can have like perimeter walls with watchtowers and all that sort of stuff so it's um it was really fun like yeah it was just really really fun I really enjoyed it the one annoying thing that it had that we had to turn off is uh th th there was an audio engineer that just went like I'm going to make this and I'm going to, I'm going to go because like your squads obviously come because you're located as at HQ and you direct the squads. So your squads call in over radio and they call in every single like RTS voice line that they do over a radio. So it's like bleep bloop bloop, horde spotted, bleep bloop bloop, bleep bloop bloop, horde spotted, bleep bloop bloop. Bleep bloop bloop. Building cleared. Bleep bloop bloop. And it's just constant. These like radio noises, like walkie talkie noises, like switching on and off and on and off and on and off. It just drives you bonkers. <laughs> oh my god. Sounds like the bird sounds in Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was Which about that fixed, level. By the way. True. Yes, they did. They did indeed. Um, yeah, no, it was it was roughly roughly that level of annoyance. So we turned that off because it was just like no, because every single thing like um, uh, building done, building cleared, horde spotted, 
And they would constantly, like, and he had two squads next to each other. They would still call in, like, the same horde over and over. And it was just, oh, God. So, gameplay top, that was really annoying. <laughs> Sounds like it's just unbalanced. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they, they, the cool thing is they had a survey at the end. So, we fill out the survey and we were like, give us a, an option to, like, turn off the radio chatter because it's just, like, I don't mind having, like, the crap, like, when they, when they do, like, the voice lines, when it was, like, sort of staticky radio y. Like, like, they're calling in over a radio, that's totally fine. It's just, because, like, I swear, the bleep bloops at the start, at the end, together, were longer than the voice line that they bracketed. <laughs> it was that extreme. So, yeah, that was, that was something else. But, um, the gameplay itself was really fun. <laughs> Interesting. I, I don't know if that's something I would play myself, mostly because um, I'm still very much in a, uh, I don't ever want to play a zombie game again mode. Um, and mm. I think it's probably going to, I think that that was like amplified by the pandemic too. And also mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, just kind of something I felt since Left 4 Dead 2. <laughs> mm. So I just, I probably will pass on that one, but it seems neat. Infection free zone. The world, it's the real maps thing that's actually kind of interesting. Yeah, it's cool. Because you can just be like, okay, I'm going to dox myself on stream and play in my hometown. <laughs> I, I'm going to play the town I grew up in. I don't live there there. I don't live there anymore. But Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I'm going to do that. Heck yeah. I'm going to go where, where I grew up. Germany? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Let's just check it out. I mean, um, so it, just for people that are worried like streaming this or something like that, it's not like it drops you in where you are located. You have the glow you have the the globe and you just pick where you want to go yeah <laughs> it's so not you, like you can be general i mean like like i yeah. like, like i tell people like there's three million people or four almost four million people that live in the greater vancouver area and uh yeah yeah will be like yeah i live in the greater vancouver area in the fraser valley good luck finding me <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know. yeah um, exactly but yeah no that was that was um that was a neat one i wish the demo had been longer so and that's always a good good um feeling right when when the demo leaves you wanting more so yeah coming mm -hmm. soon hopefully actually coming soon fingers crossed <laughs> so this next one you said was a bellinaire bellinaire recommendation yes call out yeah which has yeah. a prologue and uh, a demo available right now oh gosh i think yeah. i think the prologue is just a demo Probably so that it stays up after the next fest. End. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so the next one is Panorama. Yeah, actually coming out later this this month already. Um. So, um, explain to me why this isn't just another game that looks like Dorf Romantic. See, that's the thing. That's what it feels like. Like that's what I thought as well when I saw it. Mm -hmm. Which I did. This is why I didn't originally put it on, but. It has mechanics that differ enough from Dwarf Romantic to make it not feel derivative. And it's actually okay. fun and chill. Well, I mean, so, you can be a hex-based town builder puzzle game and be different. It's just, I, I think, yeah. like, at a glance, it, this, it doesn't look any different. It, it looks like, okay, it looks it's, similar, it's yeah. more polygonal and slightly less hand-drawn. It has, so it does, it does have certain features that it shares. So you have different types of tiles. You have farms, mountains, forests, towns, that sort of stuff, water. 
and you do get quest tiles where it's like this quest tile i want this quest tile to be surrounded by like say three forests but you don't get the edge matching really like so you get you get tiles that are like this is a forest tile or this is a forest and farm tile but the edges don't matter like you don't have to match those edges which is like super important in dwarf romantic right um you don't have to do that in this you get tiles that are not just one hexagon you get tiles that are much bigger and longer and they all have que like, and then you have like i don't know i had tiles today there were like nine tiles together in a different okay. shape and they had several quests attached to it if you put similar and this is like a that's really nice visual thing if you put like forest together you don't just make a big forest the the tiles that are surrounded by forest level up so the trees get bigger and like visually the world changes and stuff in the fields grow and then like a tractor pops up and that sort of stuff and then um it's obviously po it's also points based right and you have your tiles that you draw to place down so it's about getting the high score but every time you hit a high score limit you get um it's not a quest tile but it is a sort of, sort of a desire tile or like gotcha. a des like a desire collection of tiles so it's like um you place down i don't know it's a it's a two by two tile uh thing and it's like okay these two pieces need to be trees that piece needs to be a hill that piece needs to be a uh farm and if you satisfy this this um i don't know to build i don't know for example the silo um it spawns um fields around it more gotcha. more tiles around it or certain ones you pick them and they're like and you fulfill it it says every time you build a certain amount of trees it gives you new tiles to draw like it gives you new tiles in hand so it generates tiles and that sort of stuff so so it it does stuff that are that is that is similar to dwarf romantic and certain okay. stuff but but like the world like how it builds and how you play it feels different and fresh and um yeah different enough like i really enjoyed it like i actually really enjoyed it and um it's it's very chill and if you like Dwarf Romantic, you'll like this one too. But you won't get bored of it because it does play different. Okay. I just, I, I hope them, I, I wish them all the best being able to, like, promote. Because I, I feel like kind of what happened with Dwarf Romantic is um, a lot of people bought that and played it. Mm. And now I'm seeing a lot of clones, not maybe clones is the wrong word. I'm seeing a lot of games in a similar style, like yeah, very absolutely. much more like the solitaire board game style come out, yeah. which is great. I, I like solitaire board games, but... I think that they're having a hard time differentiating themselves from those other products that while they might be mechanically very different, visual presentation-wise and at a glance, which is all you really get on something like Steam, um, I'm seeing a lot of them having trouble differentiating. So for me, it's kind of a, that's really cool. I wish them all the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, like, if you look at the screenshots, you do see, like, I mean, it's, it's a lot more it's 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 a lot more vertical like the, you have bigger buildings because that happens due to the level up effect right like sure, if but you vi visual difference doesn't sell me on a game right no no no, no but i mean i feel like you have to communicate mechanical difference in a game like this yeah 
I feel I feel like I don't know. I haven't watched the trailer, so I don't know how the if the trailer like um does that. Um no it does. It does. The the trailer does show like all of those the desire tiles and how they then spawn new tiles if you fulfill the desire and that sort of stuff. No, I feel like cuz you get tiles that spawn new tiles that you don't place, right? So nope, sure. It, it does definitely show that. I have no idea what this the price will be, but I'm really intrigued cuz this is the same people who made I don't know if you've played I, I don't think you've played those. I don't even know if you've heard of them, but they've made um no place like home and fresh start cleaning simulator. I'm, I'm, fa I'm familiar with the two of them, yeah. Yeah, like, which is which I find very fascinating because this game looks completely different. Um, and it, I don't know, same color palette, chill, solo game. I like mean, that. chill, chill though, yeah, chill, absolutely. And I mean, to be fair, I did enjoy fresh start cleaning sim, and I did really enjoy the demo of this one as well. So I, I will, I will pick this up. I'm not sure if I'll stream it because these are kind of like my like games to veg out on, but like. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this. It was it's vid visually pleasing. The only thing that and this is a bit nitpicky, but the one thing that I wish it did that it would blend the like the transition between the hexagons a little bit more between the tiles. Because you can obviously place like the different tiles next to each other. Because you don't have to match the ed edges, because you just have to match the tile type. Um, you get some hot contrasts in between, which later on it doesn't. It doesn't actually like you don't notice it that much. So it doesn't quite nail the aesthetic pleasement of uh, of romantic. Sometimes, sometimes it's the, it's a bit. There's a bit of a hard edge, but I feel like if they can just make it like have a natural gradient somehow. Um, because the tiles have gradients in them already, so yeah, that would be that. I think that would just make it visually more pleasing. Gotcha, cool. But yeah, no, I I really enjoyed it, and yeah, I know Bell enjoyed it too. I'm pretty sure we both play. Like I know I played it for over an hour. I think Bell played it for almost two. I want to say, like, yeah, it was it was good. I really enjoyed it. So I uh kind of wanted to say that um i'm gonna talk about dwarf fortress for a little bit yeah i was gonna ask like t tell me about these these uh these these games that you've been playing the the war fart oh fortress yes yeah tell me tell me about uh, it, dwarf it's, fortress. It, it, it's dwarf <laughs> fart ass actually oh oh yeah of course yeah 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 Na naturally no um so <laughs> dwarf fortress released a patch uh, which mm -hmm. is their second major patch since the premium release, which didn't draw drum up the community as much as I was kind of hoping it would, but um, it uh, they released um, arena mode, which is a not really a mode. Mm. Um, it's a like testing sandbox um, for uh, mods primarily. But essentially, what it lets you do is it gives you three different arenas. One's just a forest. One's a tiny arena and a tiny map, and then one's kind of a big arena with like a maze area a lava area, a giant swimming pool or drowning pool if you're a mean person, and mm -hmm. uh, like various other little arenas. And then you can just unpause and things fight. You can set their alliances, allegiances and all that, and uh, they run around and they beat each other to death. So if you ever wanted to know exactly how many dwarves it takes to kill a zombie giant sperm whale that's beached, um, turns out <laughs> uh, like three to five hundred. <laughs> uh, fully clad in uh, adamantine armor. 
Um, so it, it there, there's there's some really goofy stuff, and you can see just how weird some of the creatures get in Dwarf Fortress because you know Dwarf Fortress has like eight hundred something creatures by default that you can just like scroll through and just add, and you can watch mm. them all fight, which is fun. Which is why I made a hundred gnomes fight against a hundred amphibian men, and uh, the gnomes won because I gave the knives gave them knives and forgot to give the amphibian men knives. Um, <laughs> so. Oops. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's an interesting uh, little toy to play with, if nothing mm. else. And uh, there's uh, just a bunch of under-the-hood crash fixes, basically, with this patch. So the game crashes less, um, which is, you know, always good. But, um, yeah. you know, Dwarf Fortress development is slow. Uh, custom engine development is slow. And this is a custom engine that's running in, like, three different programming languages that's been in development for a very long time. So it's slow going. Um, and... Uh, so I, I think a lot of quality of life stuff that people have been begging for hasn't come in as quickly as they would want it to because, surprise, it's Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, is, I, I, I've seen some like kind of disappointment at the patch, but it is what it is. Um, personally, I, I think it's just really nice that Arena Mode is there because it just makes testing for modders a lot easier. Mm. Um, because you can just spawn any entity with any gear in. So if you want to test gear, or if you want to test entities, or you want to make sure that something doesn't just bleed to death, or if you want to see if um, if, if an octopus man can, in fact, live under above water, they can't, um, <laughs> then, uh, you know, you, you can test that too. And they look like little Cthulhu people, which is kind of fun. Oh, that's um, not kind of fun, actually, yeah. I've actually now seen worm men, um, hmm. which is also why I made Batman and Spider-Man fight against... Uh, a joker, a penguin, and uh, an octopus man. <laughs> um, which was also kind of goofy. Um, but, you know, it, it was a good time. It, messing around with that for a little bit was fun. Uh, I don't know how much more I will mess around with arena mode, because as I said, it's not really a game mm -hmm. mode. It's, it's more of a toy. Um, but uh, as for fortress mode, um, I halfway built a tavern in the underworld. So that's, that's impressive. Dang. Yep. Yep, nice. and then a bunch of demons got in my fort and we sealed it off and ended the fort, so. Um, <laughs> you know, it was it was getting laggy. I mean, uh, there, there's definitely some new frame rate issues in this version of the game that I haven't run into in other versions of the game. Mm -hmm. uh, simply put, like, my fort was running at, like, 15 FPS by that point, so I was like, all right, it's, it's time. Like, this fort's 25 years old. It's time to end it anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. So we'll be starting old. a new fort next week looking forward to that but uh the other nice. uh unless there's any anecdotes you want to say about dwarf fort uh, i can just move on to cud no i ha actually i need to play again it's been it's been a hot minute i got distracted by so many demo days fests weeks and other games no i, I need to I play mean, again actually there will always be more reasons to play more dwarf fort i mean i still i still definitely i i started looking into it but i haven't really dug into it like deeply I, I, as i said like the last time i was on the pod i really want to um play just ottoman fort mm -hmm. <laughs> just no dwarf just ottoman <laughs> sorry and then so i don't know really ridiculous yeah, yeah, and I I wonder if I can make it so, or like if somebody can like help me make it so that I can like give different, have like the different types of otter people as Some, well. Something <laughs> that I would say might be worth doing is go into the modding forum over on the Kit Fox Discord and see if you can like mm. commission a mod from somebody. Yeah, yeah, because that would be cool. Just just for like not necessarily like for like forever or anything like that, but like just do a fort like that and just yeah. That or just like different. build a f like pre pre gen a faction that has tame giant otters or something. 
Yeah, that too. Play as yeah. dwarves that just ride giant otters into battle and make giant otters war trainable. Yeah, that sounds good too. Honestly, <laughs> that that would be equally as cool. I think. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, now that that's done, tell me about the wonderful adventures in the in the world of Cud. Well, I'm sure I, there were some. <laughs> for, for, for me in, in Cud, uh, Cud's been an interest. It's been a, it's been an interesting experience streaming Cud again, um, because. Like my, you know, I, my numbers have gone up a lot recently, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so like six months ago or a year ago, if I were to stream cut, I would have 30, maybe 40 people watching. It'd be very quiet. Chat would be pretty dead. And then occasionally an overly enthusiastic cut fan would be like, oh my God, cut stream. And then I'd have like one person in chat for like two hours. And then it would go back to just being a lurk fest. Um, <laughs> so it's been interesting playing cud with an audience. Which sounds really bad, but like it, it's kind of true. It's been interesting playing Cud with people actually watching it, and as mm. that progresses, um, I've I've been seeing my audience pick the game up and get into it, and some of them have dumped like a hundred plus hours in it into the la in the last month. Um, and C Caves of Cud is appealing in the same way Dwarf Fortress is appealing but in a completely different gameplay type. And it's really funny because, like, you know how Diablo, right, was... The reason Diablo exists is because Blizzard guys went, we need to make NetHack so we can sell it to people. <laughs> right? Which is, like, one mm -hmm. of the grandpappies of this entire genre. It's, like, Rogue, NetHack, Angban, and, like, that's kind of, like, your, your trio there. And then yep. Adom, basically. Um, and then Moria. Yeah, it's like it's like Rogue, Moria, Angband, and NetHack, um, and seeing the, those, uh, like like just people falling back into it and being like, "Oh, this really kind of is like Diablo, right?" Like you you know you you see the same dungeons every time you play through Diablo, right? Mm. But because the layouts are all different, the order in which you get stuff is different. It gives you a ton of replayability, and yeah, in Cud, when you die, you're dead. But it does give you that mode uh, role play where, when you die, you go back to the most recent town you visited, mm. which I think alleviates a lot of that roguelike stress for a lot of people. Like, yeah, I'll go lose an 18-hour-long Caves of Cud save and like not even blink and be like, "All right, let's do that again." Um, but like, not, <laughs> not everybody needs to have that same level of I don't care about my time, I guess, because. The story is good enough. The writing has enough character. Like there, there's slight minor like character spoilers for Cud, but there, there is a shopkeeper in one of the towns, right? And this is a written character. The first time I ever encountered this shopkeeper, he had, he started throwing exploding seeds at me, uh, because this, uh, because I pissed off plants because this shopkeeper is a potted plant. Um, <laughs> and you walk up to him, and he screams, "Friend!" Exclamation point. Knives! Ex question mark. Guns? Question mark. Cucumbers? Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Um, and then gets really offended at you if you um, uh, if if you if you start asking him why he's a plant, um, and like <laughs> we'll just like straight like and like if you ask him the wrong questions, he'll just like straight up like say like nope, shop's closed. Goodbye. Um, the the moment you start asking him about other plants, he's a like and, and there's so many interesting, mm. weird like one-off characters in Cud that. Like, I didn't even find that town for, like, 100 hours of gameplay. Like, I'd, I'd almost beaten the game before I found that town. Um, mm. A couple of times. 
And there's just so much stuff like that tucked away in Cud that there's always something new to find. And there's always something like weird that's been crammed into the side. Maybe you just find a book and this book that, and and it's got a gold title, which means it was written by the developers and not a proc gen piece of madness. Um, And you read it and it's got a little piece of lore that you read about that you remember from a previous run because of a location that you found. And then suddenly you're like, oh, that's why so-and-so attacked so-and-so. Like it's, I don't know. It, it's, it's a game that I genuinely believe might be one of the best games ever made, and I don't think it's ever going to get any credit for it. Mm. And it kind of hurts, because like, it, it is an extraordinarily niche thing that is never going to have mass appeal because of what it is, because of its presentation, because it's presented mm. like this pseudo-Alice-in-Wonderland dune body horror hell i i don't see it ever having any kind of mainstream success like widespread mainstream success as for its niche it's about as successful as it possibly could be mm. but it, it makes me sad that i i i don't think cud's ever going to you know sell five hundred thousand copies you know it's, yeah. it's just gonna be this kind of small game that sells enough to fund the developers so that brian becklew can have his chickens <laughs> um, and uh, keep shit posting on Twitter and tell they limit the number of tweets we can put out. Um, and uh, but 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 aside from that, I, I it kind of makes me sad playing Cud because Cud is a game that I genuinely love. That I when that thing finally releases from early access, no question it should win countless awards for its mm. writing for its world building for its storytelling for its replayability but because of the complete and utter destruction of roguelike as a genre because it's just been completely co-opted as a marketing term and it doesn't withstand it's a with hold up to its original meaning anymore because rpgs as a genre are largely just action adventure games now because of the way steam promotes games i it it's just gonna kind of stay where it is i mean it'll probably get a bump when it finally releases out of early access but like man caves of cud makes me sad because <laughs> it's so good and it's and and that doesn't happen very often for me with games like you know i i've recently a couple of other streamers i know who've been streaming a lot of dwarf fortress picked up caves of cud and i've actually streamed it a couple of times and every single one of them is in mad love with it like these are these are people who watch me who like stream a lot of Dwarf Fort who are aware of like you know ultra deep insanity games, mm. but never picked up Caves of Cud for one reason or another. And um, I, I think a couple of them have kind of tipped into Caves of Cud after like either burning out on Dwarf Fortress or just kind of looking for something else that is similar but um, not Dwarf Fort to like wait for updates or whatever. Mm. And people are falling into it because. If you don't like roguelikes, yeah, just turn on roleplay. Just play on roleplay, and you can save at towns, and you'll still, like, have hefty losses. Like, you'll still have, like, those moments where it's like, well, I just lost an hour and a half, two hours of progress. But, like, you still have your level 18 character, <laughs> and you yeah, can still yeah. go back in and try again. Um, like, I, I don't know. It's, it's the only game that I've ever played where... I can become so powerful that intergalactic space wizards are just like, I'm going to teleport into the zone and try and kill you with my laser eyes. I'm like, gotcha, bitch. I got mental mirror. Eat your own attacks. And then I (laughs) shoot them with a shotgun. Um, So I, 
Yeah, I don't know. There's just nothing quite like it. It's the only game I've ever played where a computer tells me to fuck off because I'm not an aristocrat. <laughs> no, I... I... Cud is like this game. It's like... I want to be able to get into it, and I just can't to it play it. Screen shake. No, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, I have it. Like, I've played it, but it... I like watching it. It's like one of those games that I like watching. Um... Because it's like somebody tells me a story, uh-huh. you know, like when somebody plays it, because there's like the text and you read it and you go on an adventure and you like, you camp and you make food and you like, Here's you know, that thing, sort of though. stuff. It is a pretty straightforward RPG. It is. You, it is. You, you, you talk to the first quest giver, he sends you on a quest, you go do the quest, you come back, you talk to the tinker and he gives you a second quest. And then you go off and you do that quest. Then you come back and you talk to him again and he sends you off on, an, on a similar quest. And then you come back and you talk to him again, and then he sends you to a different location. You talk to those people. They send you to a different location. They, you talk to those people. Or then, yep. And then you, they tell you to prep a bit and then go to a different location and get them a thing. You bring the thing back, and they send you somewhere else, and it just kind of it progresses. That, no, absolutely. No, no. It's, it's not that. It's not even like necessarily mechanically. It's just it, it doesn't quite, as a game to play, reach those those chemical centers in my brain that give the happy the happy things <laughs> and i don't know why like i can't even pinpoint it i can't be like it's it's like it's because of this it's just i have a it's question just, yes when was the last time you played it oh god um let's see i guess i just look at steam and tell you yeah, yeah yeah exactly exactly i don't think it was that long ago i think it was in 2022 no apparently it wasn't <laughs> never mind <laughs> jesus christ what even is time? <laughs> when was it? 2020? Okay. Well, I mean, they've completely <laughs> redone the UI. Yeah, God, what the heck? What even is time? So maybe I do need to try it again. <laughs> it's got a completely redone UI. You can zoom in. Mm. Um, oh, that's good. So it, like, instead of, like, I still play it full screen because I'm a psychopath, but, like, you, you, can, you can zoom in and, like, there's, like... It, parsing information is a lot easier everything's on one screen now i actually like the old ui more but <laughs> also weird um the the new ui like you, you can zoom in the ui is super customizable it has controller support it has mm. mouse support uh they're porting the freaking thing to phones um that's crazy like it, it it's got anime i don't know if you, if it had animations in 2020 but like there's attacking animations now no it did not i'm pretty um, sure it didn't like big numbers come out of things when you attack them now um hmm. like it, it i it's, should check like, it out again they're, they're adding things to yeah, yeah, make no, it yeah much more uh mm. digestible i will say one thing there is a quest line in that game where you have to eat a mushroom to complete the quest line and it is the <laughs> most realistic psychedelic trip i've ever seen in a video game to the point where it might just make some people projectile vomit oh god Including, does it like spin the I, screen I in that I, it, it it doesn't spin the screen no okay it, it's um, we're, we're not talking like garbage like oh it's here to make you feel like you're high no you don't notice it for 10 minutes and then you realize that the number, the, the, the things are shifting slightly. Um, mm. And it makes you feel ill, but that's the point. Um, mm. So, and it doesn't last that long. It lasts for like 15 minutes or something. And it only happens once. Um, unless you potentially <laughs> okay. go and eat more mushroom. <laughs> but like, <laughs> you only have to do it once to complete the game. And it's like 
20 hours in to a run. Um, okay. But it like it, it's to the point where like the developers clearly had to eat a lot of mushrooms and stare at computers for a bit to like accurately emulate it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those. Um, so I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of those games that I will vehemently recommend to every human being I bump into and none of them will ever play. Mm. I mean, it's, it's not like I've heard like everybody that I've heard talk about it really likes it. But not many people have tried it, right? Like, like, but the people that do try it and they get into it, they like get into it. If you play Cud, good luck. And if you like Cud, you will never stop playing it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's one because of those games. Even even once you've seen credits in Cud, which you can see now, it is possible to finish Cud. Um, once you've seen credits, you can play random characters. You can play dailies. You could just completely ignore the main quest and just do random dungeons i mean the map is like hun- like hundreds in some cases of levels deep and you can just explore mm. and the history changes every time so that you can always fill out your little diary in your notebook the books are generated each time so you can go find those as well uh can just hang out with a bunch of quill covered queer bears <laughs> in a dungeon somewhere and like buy computer chips from them um you can like clone yourself and then mind control your clone and then kill yourself with your clone and then just be your clone like it, nice. like say say, you, say like you a, get a bodily injury right and like say you lose an arm or something and you're like well i can't find an uber nostrum to regrow that so why, why don't i just clone myself and kill myself with my clone and be my clone <laughs> But you, I you mean, yeah, why not? So powerful that you just cease to exist. Yep. It's a cool game. Play Caves of Cut. Caves of Cut is the only video game that if they wrote a book based on the world of Caves of Cut, I would buy it. <laughs> I won't do that for any other video game, and I don't read fiction. I don't like fiction. But Caves of Cut is the only game that I would do that for. <laughs> well, well, that's my gushing about Caves of Cut hour. It wasn't quite an hour. It's fine. I I think I'd actually talked more. So you you still have a lot of minutes that are that you are account- <laughs> uh, allowed to talk about. It. Well, I mean, if cut is too much for you, just wait until it's on sale and then go buy Sproggy Wood whenever they put it ninety percent off again, because uh, Sproggy Wood is it is a prequel to Cud. Spoilers, and it's super colorful, bright, and happy looking, and the dungeons take like. 10 minutes to clear mm. it's like basically a phone game but it's perfectly playable on pc it has no microtransactions in it or anything a little bit of meta progression here and there so it's pretty approachable but uh it's uh you know you're a cute little farmer and you go into a little town and you stab slimes that sounds great actually <laughs> it's got a little story that comes along with it um i played through most of it while in hospital on my phone mm, gotcha so it's a neat little game and then it's 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 super cutesy because like it's like super pretty and everything's all colorful and then suddenly the dialogue turns into caves of cud dialogue and you're like what in the world (laughs) (laughs) because caves of cud is a very very like grim dark hard to read weird lore broken stuff and then Sproggywood is just like basically adventure time (laughs) it's a it's 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 a neat it's a trip apparently it's fun 
cool games. Yeah. Should we go into news? Sounds good. All right. We'll be right back after this. And we're back with episode 56 of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. Uh, so first off, on news, uh, there's this article here on The Gamer, which kind of got shuffled around through um, uh, the, the kind of the tech news sector. And I heard about it on, my, on the tech podcast that I listened to initially and um, also popped up on a few, in a few other places. And I saw it on Reddit as well. Um, I'm just going to read this headline and then I want to know your, your thoughts, FG. Um, because it, the headline kind of says, says it all. So this is on the gamer. And of course we'll link to all these articles in the description of this podcast. Uh, go, go check them out and support the websites. But, um, AMD CEO admits to undershipping graphics cards and CPUs to keep prices high. Um, which is one hell of a quote. Uh, the, the exact quote said, um, uh, we have been undershipping uh, the sell-through or consumption for the last two quarters, and we undershipped in Q3, and we undershipped in Q4. We will undership to a lesser extent in Q1. Um, so, like, come on! Like, you're making, like, freaking millions of dollars. Is this really necessary? Do you have to be this freaking greedy? Like, come on! It's just, really, it's so sad. It just makes me sad. Yep. Like, yep. And angry. Sad and angry, Barth. It's like, come on. Like, how much more money do you need? All of it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's basically, that's the reasoning behind it, isn't it? All of the All money. All of it. Yeah. Some of the money isn't enough. All of the money is needed. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. That that headline just kind of made me angry. If you want to go read yeah. the full article, you, you, you can. But um, if you're wondering why <sighs> graphics cards are still stupidly expensive, it's not because of part shortages anymore. It's literally they just want them to be expensive. Uh, they're yeah. not sugarcoating it. They're not pretending. At least they're honest. But, geez. Yeah, come on, though. Like, you know, with the economy the way it is and, like, People are, you know, we're still reeling from all of the, like, this is just so not freaking, why do we have to be so shitty to each other? <laughs> like, come on. I think, I think at this point, they're like, they're spoiled with high profits from the crypto market and that's crashed. Yeah. So yeah, true. Well, they yeah. got to keep those profits higher. The shareholders get mad, right? Unsustainable growth, <sighs> something, something. It always uh, depends on the consumer. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, fortunately, at least we're in an era of very much diminishing returns with graphics cards. And unless you're playing every single one of the most recent cutting edge games, um, I mean, like Dead Space released recently and I've seen benchmarks and it runs just fine on 20 series cards. It runs just yep. five fine on 900 series cards. I mean, yeah, you'll have to turn down the graphics settings a little bit, but, but like, they still work, right? Yeah. It, but like it runs fine. Right. Yeah. Um, of course, like, you know, there's examples of like games coming out recently that run like absolute butts on sandpaper but like in general from like what i've seen most triple a games that release run just fine on most things um yep. so you know there is that uh fg do you want to take this next one yeah so this is actually something that i'm really excited about so um there was a nintendo direct just recently and they've announced a whole bunch of things and uh, some cool remasters. And one of those remasters that they've announced 
is um Etrian Odyssey is getting a release. Well, not just one, but actually one, two, and three. Um, they're all getting a remaster, and it's coming out. And uh, the remasters are coming to Nintendo Switch and Steam, mm-hmm. and they're freaking expensive. <laughs> Holy yeah, I crap! T- I too am excited about this. And while while we were talking, um earlier in this or rather while, while you were talking about demos i actually looked up how much i spent on a train odyssey 2 on 3ds back in the day for a physical mm. copy um and uh it was 30 dollars canadian for a train odyssey 2 um yeah which like, i bought new <laughs> yeah i want to say on Amazon, I sp- actually which is why i was able to look it up yeah i'm pretty sure i bought my copy of two or three for like 24 euros as yep. well and now they're selling them uh, on steam um like they're not out yet you can pre-purchase them. them yeah you can pre-order them if you want to and um they're selling them for uh freaking 35.99 pounds uh, in Canadian dollars over here, they're fifty two ninety nine each, or a hundred and six dollars and fifty cents for the bundle, uh, which yep. is thirty three percent discounted. Yeah, yeah, same here. Seventy two pounds. I I assume the price is probably like what forty nine ninety nine American per. I that's, would assume that. Yeah, that that, that seems that about sounds right. about right. I'll, right. I'll, I'll, I'll check it on Steam DB while while you're talking. Oh yeah, or maybe forty five ninety nine or something like that. So yeah, there is a bundle. That is 33% off. 72. I mean, 72 is a lot. And the games, I mean, uh, they 50, are remastered. Uh, 39.99 USD. So wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fair enough. So, they. What they've done is if you look at the. If you look at the screenshots on, on Steam. Um, they've upscaled the environments like holy moly, like so much. Like, uh, but you can tell these are. D- I mean, these are DS games, right? You can tell that they've upscaled the graphics. It does look like the drawn stuff. Like the drawn stuff looks a lot better than the 3D environments from like the backgrounds and whatnot. Like the characters look much better, uh, and it looks like they look clear. The the inventory yeah, I mean, management it, and map management. It, it is- like they they look good, but like it's a 3DS game, guys. Is it and, 3DS you know, I, or I, DS? Uh, DS and then 3DS. Two and three were. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, true. like, yeah, I, 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 I get it. You know, you are upresing a lot of assets, but I'd be willing to bet there's an uprezzed assets pack that'll run in an emulator just fine on PC. Yeah, yeah. That probably yeah, the- won't look much better than this. And yeah, you'll have to do the weird like dual screen stuff and you won't get like the, the map up in the top corner um, in a nice little mini map format. Sure. But if I were to go play those games right now, I'd probably do it that way because I own two of them already. I own two and three. Same. Yep, same. And I still have my 3DS. If I really want to, I can go play these games. And mm-hmm. for me... Unless they get heavily dis- heavily discounted at some point, which they probably won't because this is Atlas. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I don't see myself buying these. Like I don't, I don't think so either. As much as I love them, um, 
because yeah, I've, I've I've played them. I mean, to be fair, like the price the price is stupid because it's like these yeah, are all the massive games, game. but, but they're like really long games. But it's still not warranted because it's old and so many people already have them on like different if, if, platforms. If these were thirty dollars a pop and a full price game in a bundle, like if this if this was like a, an eighty dollar bundle Canadian, yeah, I would buy them. Yes, same. If this... But at, at this price point, I'm just... I look at it and I go, without that bundle discount, that's $157. Yeah, uh, it's, it's bonkers. I, 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 that's, a video game isn't worth that much for me. And realistically, will I go and finish all three of these? No. Will I, would I finish one of them? Maybe. Am I going to spend $52.99 on one of these games? No. No, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I, if I wanted to go play... Uh, like a J Dungeon Crawler. There are other J Dungeon Crawlers on Steam right now. There's Mystery Dungeon games on Steam right now that are all around the eighteen to twenty five dollar price point. That absolutely I would play. Um, or uh, whatever that I think it's under something. Let me actually look up the name of this game now. But uh... oh, I know, I know which one you mean. Um, I know what you mean. I think, but uh, yeah, no. There, there's, there's other dungeon crawlers and mystery dungeon games on Steam that I would buy first if I really like. And you know, there is a, there is a part of me that is tempted to dive into one of these and get back into this type of game just because you know I, I do like Japanese me too. dungeon crawlers. But... Yeah, me too. I like them a lot. Like Etrian Odyssey was awesome because you, you. So the, what the if you've never heard of them, so it's a dungeon crawler. But the cool thing is, you don't have a map. You have to make the map. You have to draw the map yourself. Yeah. And obviously, like this being a uh, a DS and then a 3DS series, of course, um, that's where they that's that's where they're shown because you have the two screens and you would have the game, the gameplay screen at the top, and you'd have your map map on the bottom, and you would use your stylus to draw out the map and you could put down like little symbols like here's a healing thing or uh, there's a shortcut or you know ah that was so cool mm -hmm. that was really yeah. really cool there i mean that that type of game isn't entirely like un uncommon either like if you dig a little mm. bit you, you can yeah. find quite a few of them like i'm 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 going down the uh, like Jap jrpg with the dungeon crawler like uh, subgenre on Steam right now, just just looking at, like featured and top sellers, and like yeah, there's quite a few on Steam, and there's a lot that I haven't heard of. Yeah, um, there's a lot. So you know, I man, it, this just kind of bummed me out a little, just a little bit. Like the not, price, not enough. like why? Why is it so expensive? Why? Yeah. I, I don't. It's, it's funny because like, I'm generally the guy who's like, oh, don't complain about game prices. They sell it for what they think it's worth, but they're selling it for what I, I, they think it's worth. And then there's just. You wonder why piracy is on the rise. <laughs> it's. I wonder. I'm, I'm actually thinking. I don't know. Is this getting a physical Switch release? Because I wonder oh, if. Geez, I don't know. I mean, that... it, it's, it's Atlas, so maybe. That might be a way to like get this for reduced, potentially. But even then, at this mm. point, good luck. Wow the 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 Atlas and Odyssey collection is actually slightly cheaper on the Switch here in the UK. That's kind. Of, I mean, you you guys are nine percent above the US dollar according to Steam DB. 
Yeah, yeah, true. Which is kind of insane. Yeah, yeah, don't 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 compare prices directly or you'll cry. <laughs> because you spend so much more for the same software. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, that's I mean, the thing. Uh, for whatever it's worth, you're you're spending almost as much as folks in Brazil, and from what I can tell, based on some idiot math, it's about three weeks' work at minimum wage to buy that game. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, some of the pri- like some of the regional pricing on Steam is bonkers nowadays. Yeah, it's a, it's a little messy, but um, like they overcompensated in absolutely the wrong direction. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, uh, but, want to talk that- more about? expensive games <laughs> sure uh yo uh legend of zelda is 70 bucks so yep so for reference that means it's like 89.99 in canada probably like a hundred dollars in australia and gosh knows what in pounds um and gosh knows what in euros i so i get it assets are expensive right Selling games is, or making games is expensive. So mm-hmm. to a degree, I understand why, like, let's just say PS5 games have gone up in price. And I understand why uh, some, like, m- new console Microsoft games are going up in price. Because those are, you know, running at 4K, they've got ray tracing, they got massive teams on those games. The fluctuation of value of money right now is weird, and I don't know if it's false or not, but it, it's happening regardless. Um, of if it, of if it's manufactured, and this is just weird to me, because it's not like they put out a new switch, and I, reporting on memes is dumb, and I we probably shouldn't do it, but I'm gonna do it anyway. The meme flying around right now is release Zelda. It's like a picture of Mario, and it goes release release Zelda, and then sequel two years later, and it's a sad looking Mario, and then it's wait ten years so the price goes up for video games so you can make higher profits, and it's a happy Mario. Um. And that's how I feel right now. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're I'd... reusing assets. Like, guys, what? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't think $70 is warranted for Switch games, even first-party titles. It's just, like, it's just, as you Release said... a like, new the... console and you can do that. Yeah, there's just no comparison, because, like, yeah, I also have a Switch is the only console that I have, and there, there's first party titles are the reason but come on like the switch can't compete in like graphics and, and visuals with everything else but they they know they can do it because it'll sell just fine it, yeah exactly because you know it's the only way those people will will get it so like there's no competition there right so they can basically kind of almost price it however they want to but like it's really not like warranted in terms of like what you i mean yes you get a new game and you know like not saying this is not saying something about like necessarily the quality of the gameplay it's more about the the graphics quality i think right like it's Mm -hmm. just not comparison comparable because like most switch games i mean first party titles tend to be a bit better about like running and like 60 fps but like they're struggling to hit like 60 fps 1080p you know it's like do I really pay $70 for a game that might just run like terribly? Mm-hmm. <sighs> no. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully, though, Advanced Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp won't run terribly. 
I mean, if they manage to mess that up, that would be, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, but that's, uh, yeah. Advance Wars 1 and 2 uh, are uh, are being remade, uh, or have been remade. Uh, they The game was delayed by almost a year now. Over, um, yeah, almost over a, a year. Over a year, yeah, uh, I think so. Due to, uh, you know, the game's kind of flayed, flagrant comedic uh, references uh, about Russia um, and the uh, Russia uh, and their... Um, legal war in ukraine um was the reasoning for delaying it uh i was actually replaying mm. part of advanced wars 2 because it's uh it hasn't left my game boy advance sp in about a decade um, <laughs> you know, and again i will play through the first handful of missions and go ah this game's still good um, it is good but, both of them are really really good yeah. yeah they're very good little games but for me the thing that really made advanced wars and this is why i actually kind of squint at advanced wars 1 and 2 and this is also the reason I don't replay the entire campaign very often. Advanced Wars 2, the campaign is fine, and then it just gets blisteringly hard in almost a not fun way for me. Mm. And I finished it, but the, way, the reason Advanced Wars shined for me was it was the game that I would sit at the beach with five friends, and I would, we'd, we'd pass it around. Because it, it was a turn-based game that we could play in PvP against each other with just one Game Boy. That's why Advanced Wars was cool for me back in the day. Mm. I love the music. I love the, 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 the art. I love everything about Advanced Wars. But I do actually kind of wonder how well this is going to do. Me too, Because yeah. how much of that culture still exists? Ooh, yeah, I don't know. But I know at the same time, though, like the Advanced Wars series is... A lot of people really like them, like really Certainly. like those games. Certainly. But I, um, I, I think as somebody who's continued to play that game on and off, maybe every other year, the campaign never quite did it for me. And I, I don't know how mm -hmm. much of a reboot this is. I don't know how much of a remake this is. I don't know how much of a rebalance this is. But as a single player game, Advanced Wars always left me wanting, and this is why um, Fire Emblem took off, because Fire Emblem didn't have that problem. Because, you know, like, th those are both mm. intelligent systems games originally, right? Same studio made Advanced Wars and Fire Emblem. So they, they over-dedicated now to Fire Emblem because that was the one that sold to a single-player audience as and sold on console and uh, did well. Whereas Advanced Wars, at least in, in my circles, was the cool game that, you know, we could play while on a road trip with one Game Boy. Yep, absolutely. So, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how this does. I'm curious to see what they actually end up doing to the campaign. I won't play it because I don't have a Switch. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, hey, Nintendo, if you want to put a game on PC, that's the one to do it. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? You imagine? <laughs> that would be so amazing. It would come out at 80 bucks and nobody would buy it. Probably, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Oh. I mean, best five dollars I ever spent on a used game ever. It's my. It still has the mm. the the five the four ninety nine price tag sticker on it. <laughs> nice. When I bought it used, but yeah, no, it's and, a it's a great game. I really like them too. But yeah, but, hope... um... no, I just I just really hope that that it does well and we get like maybe more. That'd be cool. I, like, it I... would be cool to yeah. see another advanced. So I did I did read the article as well and it did say completely remade and rebuilt. So maybe there's been some balancing done. Sure. Um, totally. But that's that. why I, this this is why I'm curious to see what this remake is. is yeah, yeah. 
only if it plays as well as well as a uh single player game as something like Fire Emblem does will it yep. will it be good because it was always a co-op game for me and like still to this day if I'm going to play Advanced Wars it's just going to be a random battle against the AI on one of the pre-designed maps or I'm going to make my own map mm. I I almost I I don't play the the I it, the campaign just doesn't do it <laughs> Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, comes uh, April twenty first, right? I think it is. So a couple more months, and then we get it. I'm just curious to read reviews of that one. Yeah, me too. Definitely. Speaking of curiosity, though, a UK regulator suggests removing Call of Duty from Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Um, these yeah, last that- few articles we've done have been on Video Games Chronicle, by the way, and. Uh, we, we, we read one on uh, Persona Central about Etrian Odyssey. Um, so th- this is kind of neat because essentially, um, you know, big, one of the biggest uh, games companies in the world and one of the biggest companies in the world is trying to buy the fifth biggest games company in the world. And uh, so everybody's kind of getting their hands into the mix, right? There's, lo- yep. there's lawsuits that are happening over this. There are... There's mass unionization and weird stuff going on uh, it, within uh, Activision Blizzard Studios as well. Um, there's a story going around that Bobby Kotick will stay CEO if this deal doesn't go through, which nobody wants. Um, mm, and uh, now UK comes out, or the UK regulator, uh, which is CMA, uh, has uh, proposed that, well, what if you just remove Call of Duty from the list? Yeah, so of course, of course, the thing is like, um, why why this is like so heavily, like scrutinized and that sort of stuff. It's it's obviously like, as you said, like Microsoft is so huge and they have bought so many studios recently. So it's it's like, um, God, I'm blanking on the on the word right now, but it's like, um, they're uh, they're they're kind of forming like almost like the, a monopoly, right? Like. Well, that's... The, here, here's the thing, though. But like, you, you have to look at Call of Duty, and yeah, the la- the last game that Call of Duty put out um, is doing very well, right? But yeah. Call of Duty has very much been kind of like a ro- on a roller coaster ride over the past while, and weirdly enough, when when this ke- when this story keeps coming up, all I can tell is that it really just feels like this is Sony going, we're gonna put our feet in the ground and make this as hard as possible for Microsoft. Like this really is just starting to feel like Sony versus Microsoft at this point. Maybe, because yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Largely, Call of Duty is a very, 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 very expensive marquee piece. And it does well sometimes, and then sometimes they put out Call of Duty Vanguard or Call of Duty Ghost. Um, Ghosts. Um, and right now, Call of Duty is in the spotlight. The most recent Call of Duty, I think, is the highest selling physical game in the year it came out. Um, like, it outsold uh, Elden Ring. Like, it's a, it's a very... It's a very Crazy. big franchise right now. Uh, Warzone's doing pretty well, from what I can tell. It's not quite Fortnite, but, you know, they're trying. Um, <laughs> at least they managed to get the install size smaller. But uh, Call of Duty is in a weird spot because it's also a game that is very expensive to make and absolutely benefited by being on every single platform possible. So if Microsoft were to suddenly make Call of Duty a xbox and game pass exclusive the only thing it would do is damage call of duty yep i agree with that yep so it's weird to me that that's the piece that they're pulling out 
Like to yeah, me, I mean, the, but I mean, are they though? I don't know. To me, the valuable part of this whole buyout, and I think maybe this is just me overthinking things, but I think the only part they really want is King. And then everything else is just positive press for, oh, yay, we're the studio that fixed Activision or we're the company that fixed Activision or whatever. It's yeah, almost like, yeah. um, a, a, like the broken girlfriend meme of, I can fix her! You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it, yeah, I it's, don't know. I, um, there's like this, this entire acquisition is just, because it's being so scrutinized, it's just t- turning like more odd by like yep. every month that it's like not progressing is very interesting. I mean, it's progressing. I mean, they have until August, right? True, yeah. So, I mean, maybe they just decouple Blizzard and Activision again, like complete. But I don't know. Wouldn't that, that be even... weird if Blizzard went like, if Blizzard was the part that got bought and King was the part that got bought, and then Activision just went off and became its own thing? That would be so strange. Yeah, like I, I don't know. That would be that would be odd. But then, like to be fair, like Blizzard again, like at least like World of Warcraft wise, they're doing really well again, right? Like, I mean, they just got pulled out of China, and then Tencent announced. Announced that, that thing too, that looks yeah. exactly like fucking yeah. So it, that did I don't That's know if you even saw the trailer for that thing, but it's wild. I did. It's like oh the, okay yeah. okay fantasy 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 is that a fucking death knight? Yeah yeah it's just it's just that wow yeah that that's true I kind of forgot about that they lost their biggest market basically. So um, yeah I, I I and you know everybody loves Overwatch too. <laughs> Mm, yeah, let's not talk about that, and let's not talk about Di- Diablo Immoral. But then they do or, have like, Diablo. You know, let's also not 4. talk about the fact that they've already stated that Diablo Four is going to have microtransactions, and they're thinking and a, and a battle pass at launch, and they're thinking about having uh bringing back the uh, real money marketplace. So you know, like just oh yeah, uh, oh god. Uh. I don't know. That it's worth looking at the article over on uh, VideoGamesChronicle.com. Um, interesting times i'm curious to see where that goes yeah where that goes in the end yeah 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 yeah. definitely but yeah. at the risk of this becoming a very long podcast i think it might be time for us to wind down rethunk yes i think so yeah. it's been a while <laughs> it's getting late for you i know that much um so yep. fg who the heck are you and where can people find you on the internet yeah i'm fg uh i make content in a lot of places and uh actually it's much easier to find me now you can just go to fgsquared.tv and you find everything there and uh for me you can find me on youtube and twitch as b-l-i-n-d-i-r-l and uh if you want to follow me on a social media platform i've been saying this for a while but fuck twitter so follow me on mastodon uh which is at b-l-i-n-d-i-r-l at m-a-s dot t-o um where you see me actually treating it like social media instead of just posting like the occasional screenshot of dwarf fort and my streams um and uh if you would like to find more episodes of this podcast you can find it at halcyonfrequency.com as well as that has links to our youtube channel our discord and all that stuff if you want to talk about this podcast jump into the community discord uh where we have a room where you can discuss the pod if you would like and uh you can also get notifications of when we're live and whatnot as well as you know finding all us separately as a team and uh just want to say if you've been listening to this podcast and you like it i go over to uh apple and uh tell them that it's a podcast you know maybe maybe don't like actually write anything in the review section maybe just 
write what you had for lunch yesterday in the review section. As far as star counts go, that doesn't really matter, but I think we're a five-star podcast. Generally, we have a five-star runtime, so, you know, longer the better, right? That's that, that's what they say. But um, uh, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. Uh, real quick shout-outs to Peter Pohl and Paul Mile for the lovely intro and outro music that you hear on this podcast. And uh, this has been a longish one, so uh, episodes got live on Sundays. Until next week, don't touch that dial. This is Halcyon Frequency signing off.